All right. Welcome. Thank you, Melvin, for taking the interview. And yeah, man. So let's get, let's get right into it, man. Let's, let's start way back. Back when you were 20 years old, selling in front of a room of housewives, just wondering what, 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 what sort of lessons in sales did you learn from that? I learned it. So I'll just tell, tell, I'll just introduce my, myself a little bit. You know, I'm Mel, obviously I'm 35 going on 36. Quit school at 20. You know, I was doing really well in school before. So my Asian parents wanted me to take a scholarship, go to the US, UK, get a degree, be a good Asian boy. But I didn't want to, a little bit of a rebel. So I quit, you know, uh, despite having good grades and thought to myself, I can start a business. It was really easy, right? Easy. <laughs> and so, well, I didn't know what I was doing. So, so I started three. And I came out, I did network marketing. I, I was selling this, this company called Success Resources. They had a MLM product called SkyQuest Corp. And basically it was an e-learning resource. These days, you know, there's always YouTube. But back then, uh, people would pay money for this e-learning resource. I'll come on there and I'll sell. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. You know, I, I think I didn't really entirely believe in it. I just thought it was easy to sell. I was selling wrong products to the wrong audience. Housewives and e-learning resources in 2008 don't go together. You know, and they were looking for opportunities to make money. I didn't look credible at all. So the whole thing was really, really hard, hard for me. Uh, sales is a combination of belief. It's a combination of identity. It's a combination of congruence. You got to look like it, you know, you're going to look like, if you're going to sell riches and, and, and uh, e-learning, you better look like a good ambassador for, for that. You better find the right target audience. You better have belief and conviction. You better know how this can help and impact the people. So I none of those things. So <laughs> if you're asking me, did I learn anything? No, uh, retrospectively I do now, but back then I, didn't know what the hell I was doing was, was why, you know, I spent the next six to seven years from 20 all the way to 26, 27, uh, just basically making about 800 bucks a month. I was broke. I ate one meal a day and, you know, I understand what it's like to struggle. So, but yeah, <laughs> took me a while. Yeah, to I mean, like, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I was actually curious about that. I, I read that you're eating the one meals a day. So what was it like a specific type of meal that you were eating? No, no. You know, here, here in Singapore, we have something called vegetable rice. You know, they got a variety of uh, vegetables. And they give you a plate of rice and you can pick out one or two or three of these things. The meat is more expensive, vegetables are cheaper. So I had about $2.40, $2.50, a day in terms of my budget. Well, Singapore is expensive. And I had my 800 bucks a month, had to cover transport, had to cover other things, business expenses, which left me about you know, $100, $120, 100 to about $120 a month for food. <laughs> it's not a lot of money. And, you know, I just had to go there and just make the best out of it. In my, when I was hungry, I ate all the food that my mother bought home. I was sleeping on my mom's couch at all the time. So yeah, so it was, it was a rough time. Six, yeah, seven, seven. Sometimes it's those, those grind moments where you learn the most though. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I learned that at the end of the day, uh, you better know what you're doing. Uh, you better have forward planning, forward thinking, uh, and no one's going to save you. That's one of the things that, uh, that I learned. So, you, you know, uh, you're responsible for your choices as an entrepreneur. And if it doesn't work out, no one's going to save you. A mom's going to get you a couch. She's going to cook a little bit of soup for you every night. But other than that, you're on your own. You know, so that's a life of an entrepreneur and that's a life of a salesperson. You choose to get into this career and you're responsible for whatever happens. That would mean good and bad. So. 100%. Let's go back way back. West Mall, Singapore, second yeah. floor, three yeah. lunches. Yeah. I'm just wondering, so, uh, is that dishwashing job still open? <laughs> well, so my mom was sick of, sick of this. Uh, you know, uh, she had a projection of me just being a scholar. And thinking on one of these uh, nice jobs, either in the government or corporate. And instead, now her son is unemployed, sleeping on the couch, eats one meal a day. And so it makes about 800 bucks a month. So she went and asked me, hey, it's a dishwashing job near, nearby, near the house. Say, pays 1,006, that's two times what you make. And it's free food, stop eating all the food in the house. <laughs> and so, I mean, that was that's certainly one of the lowest points. You know, just 
going from what I thought my life could be, you know, as an entrepreneur, you imagine multi-millionaire, et cetera. Or if I had taken the scholarship route, I would be in the States or somewhere being a scholar. But instead here, my mom started asking me to wash dishes. And I was thinking about it. I don't know which was worse. The fact that she told me to do it or the fact that I was thinking, yeah, that might not be a bad job. I can't think of it. So yeah, that was a, that was, that was a low point, man. That was, that was a low point. Yeah. So it's true. Is the job available? I think so. I think there are a lot of dishwashing jobs available. I'm not sure I pay much attention to that these days, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of a hard decision there because you kind of think of that option and you had the option of going to school and Harvard, but what do you think? Do you think you, you had that vision of what you wanted and that, that was strong that kept you going? No, no. People ask me this all, all the time. They ask me, what's the vision? No, I don't. <laughs> here, here, here's a very real answer. The real answer is desperation pushed me forward. See, bro, you, you made a commitment six, seven years ago to quit. Now, now, now you it. Now it's too late to turn around and be like, hey man, remember, now I'm 26, right? And I can't go back and say, hey man, can I get, get back to school? No, it's too late, you know? So the real thing that propelled me forward was I already made that decision and I'm hungry and I better make this work. Like what 50 cents said, right? Get rich or die trying. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm down with this path, man. I gotta make it work. You know, so, so that was, that was, that was what I was thinking. I had visions of success. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but, but I think what kept me going during the period of time was definitely more desperation and the fact that I had committed to a certain route. Great. So, so, so fast forward now, you're running through the snow in your underwear. You've done mm. five sessions with Wim Hof. Yeah. Why do you think it's important to silence the inner dialogue and execute? I think as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, as a person, as a leader, right? What I do these days, I coach a lot of leaders in different fields, who are consultants, speakers, traders, etc. I, I I really help help a lot of people. And the whole idea behind peak performance has little to do with peak performance. It has everything to do with stress, fear, adrenaline, anxiety. When we are centered and when we are calm, we can access all of our power. When we are stressed and we have a hundred thoughts racing through our mind, and we have fear, we have uh, jealousy, anxiety, worry. Uh, it's very hard for us to perform because we cannot focus our power. And so all of these things that I do, reading and everything, and just really setting up my life in a calm, centered manner so that I can access all, all of my power. And I recognize that for everybody we work with, you know, we all have incredible power, but it's not available for us to tap if we are scattered. So you can kind of tell the difference between a football team so I'll give you an example. I'm not sure if you watch soccer or football, sure. So there's a team now called Inter Miami and he has Lionel Messi inside. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, these guys were like horrible, but then they just added two or three more players. And suddenly all these players that look like horrible shit and they look terrible last season are just like playing the games of their life. Why? Something switched here, right? They, were, they lost 14 straight last season. They were horrible. Bottom of the league, just a joke. Now just added three players. So soccer is 11 players, right? So eight are the same. So eight players are the same. And all of a sudden, these eight, they're like, something happened. They just look like world beaters now. So why? 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 The same people. Last season, can't win 14 straight. Now they are playing non-stop great. Why? Something happened here. Something so that, so that's a lot of self-understanding and understanding how to access all of your infinite potential. So I think that's something that they are very interested in. Because I've witnessed my higher self, my better self, great Melvin, and I've witnessed shit. <laughs> and these are two same person. 
two are the same person, you know. The great one can do amazing things. The shit one can't get out of it. <laughs> so, so how, how, how do you be more this and not this? That, isn't that a great question every day? For sure. So what I want to ask you here is, you, you know, you've done eBay. You taught men how to get girlfriends. <laughs> you've done workshops. So yeah. a ton of business adventures that just didn't work out. So why do you think learning lessons by pain is so important to success? I don't know if you all always want to learn by pain. I just happened to learn by pain because I didn't have a mentor. If you ask me these days, I, I would say two or three things about that. Number one, if you have the available resources or smarts, go and get a mentor. There's no point touching fire to learn what hot is. Right? Some, the only two things, two ways to learn in life, personal experience, which can be painful and expensive and sometimes disastrous. And the next one is learning from other people's experiences. That means, you know, if uh, someone else has done it before and you just listen to them, you can avoid some of the challenges and get to where you want to be faster. So that's the first key, right? I, but second of all, there are certain advantages to learning from pain. The advantages of learning from pain is the fact that I am never afraid in any situation. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to be broke, but I've been broke. <laughs> I made it work. So you can't hurt, hurt me, but you can't bother me. Uh, I don't live in fear because I've been there. So what? So, so what was the worst thing happened? You want me to But I've been bored for six years. You find a way. <laughs> I mean, it's not pleasant, you, you know. So, so the less fear you have. So I always recommend people read a book by 50 Cent called The 50th Law. The book is about fear. The less fear you have, right? The more things you are willing to, to give yourself permission to do because you're not scared. So I think because I've been there before and I know that I can do it, I have no fear. If I have no, no fear, then I'm confident, I'm congruent, and I know I can do it. That, that self-belief only comes when you've taken yourself from the lowest of lows to a much better place. And that confidence cannot be shattered, cannot be shaken. Because if you've never done it before, <laughs> then you see you shaken. Because you know in your heart that you know, I'm not sure if I can do it. Yeah, no, for sure. I there's a quote that goes something like, you're not okay in life until you're okay with everything. So I think that's a big part of that as well. Just be yep. okay. Everything, that confidence, fearlessness as well. What is the lick an ice cream cone tactic? Lick an ice cream cone tactic. Well, I think you're referring to a sales, to a sales, they have one of the sales methods. Well, you call a lick an ice cream cone, they have a tactic. It's like, I'll give you a mentor. Yeah. I think it's a, it's the idea of a sample. Give them something to experience or so. You know, a podcast, for example, like this or so. It's an example of a lick of an ice cream cone. You know, there are many elements to, to sales these days. People are not just going to buy because you have direct advertisement. They're going to buy because they get experience of you first. You know, listen to you at the aha moment. Think to yourself, hey, I like this guy. It's got something smart to say. You know, that's a lick of an ice cream cone. A short experience of who you are. Could be an email. It could be a podcast like this. It could be a short video or reels that that's giving them a, an, an experience. For some people, they even take it further by giving people a short win. So that they can, you know, Franklin, you, you, you used to call it, right? Results in advance where, you know, when we are doing the dating thing, right? This is a starting out, no girlfriend. This is right, right here. Having uh, the go of their dreams. And if I can teach you how to get from zero to one and that win where maybe you get a girl's phone number or you know how to have a quick interaction with a the girl, then you have a small win. That's a lick of ice cream goal. You're like, oh shit, if this works for just a little bit. I guess I need to stick with this guy because he can get, if he can get me from here to here, I'm quite sure he can get me from here to here. Yeah. So that would be a little bit of ice cream. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very powerful tactic too, just because it gets people 
you know, removes skepticism. It, it gives them that quick win. Yep. So is there an example where you've used that for yourself or your clients in business? Every single time, you know, just the idea of lead generation magnet, the idea of putting information out these days, it's not just even a tactic. It's just things that, that, that we do. My whole Instagram is based around a giving value first. So that's what I do every single day. So I, I've approached life in terms of giving first. I want to talk a little bit about this as well. People are afraid to give. People are afraid to give because of a few reasons. First one is they are afraid that if I give her, that I don't get anything back. Or they are afraid that if I give a word, this person like give me back in the same amount. I say we give without attachment because I believe in abundance. Now, here's something about abundance that you need to know. First thing, abundance might not come. So if I give you something, it might, the, the return might not be from you. It could be from, from you, but it could be from other sources. It could be from other places. Maybe someone saw that I did something amazing for you. And then they go, oh, I like this guy. And they help me from another place and another direction. Doesn't make sense, right? And here's the thing. If I help 10 people, will everyone be nice to me? No. Some people are terrible in life. Some, some, some people are fuckers in, in, in life. So two of them, three of them will never reciprocate. But then they're good enough people. They are, they are, some of them will reciprocate a little bit, but then there'll be some people that will really give a lot. And here's the most amazing thing about giving. You always get back more than you give. For sure. Yeah, but it might not come directly from the person itself. So, so people that are afraid to give will never begin the receiving process. So you must always give, give without uh, attachment and know that universally, philosophically, it always comes back in greater amounts. And it just creates a better way to live. People find you more open. They find you a nice person to work with. And, you know, in, in business, there's skill, there's results. And another key element of success is not being an asshole. <laughs> if people like you and you're a nice person, they go, hey, let's find something to do together. You know, it's not being an asshole is a quite important part of business. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, it's the, it's the less I'm sorry to learn more later in my life. Okay. Being able to offer yeah. value, be useful to people. It ends up coming either and just immediately. Like, some people are unpleasant. I just like, you know, just be pleasant, be nice to work with. You know, it's kind of things, things are very underrated. No, I work with a lot of people, a lot of people. I probably in the last 15, 16 years, interacted with more than a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of people. You know, I am just some people when you get money and success, they become the fucking asshole. <laughs> they are just not pleasant to be with. And you know, after a while, people respect them, but they just like, oh, I don't want to spend time with this person. So right. being nice, being supportive, being encouraging, it's a really, really good part of, of just being a good friend and being a good mentor and being a good business partner. Mm -hmm. and, and the funny thing is that just giving is something that anybody can do, whether it's starting out young, old. It's, yeah. And you can do it every single day. It's not a tactic. It is a philosophy. It's a way of life. But, you know, I always go overseas, even when uh, I have friends, my business partner, right? When I see things, I see that it will benefit him. I'll buy it. You say, hey, man, why? Why not? You know, I just know this, like, just, just this, when you reach out to me, I said, hey, man, it's the first time we, we meet, but if I can support you in some way, why not? You know, you're going to reach out to some people. They're not going to reply. They're not going to be nice. But I've been there, you know, I know what it's like to build something. So why not? You know, so I, I'm giving of my experience. I'm giving of my time. I'm giving of my energy. I'm giving of the things I've learned. So I just, it's just my way of life. That is what I like to do. Right. No, for sure. Question. I mean, you, I, I remember back when you were just starting out, you borrowed 2,500 AUD from your girlfriend. Did you end up paying her back? No, of course. <laughs> I, my then girlfriend, uh, I married her. So I didn't just, I didn't just uh, pay her back. 
but it's a long story, you know, we're no longer together, but, but yeah, I mean, we were married for four or five years and, and she and I'm just immensely great, grateful to her. You know, she, she got me on the path, she had that lead and she was with me at a place when I wasn't like right now, you know, when I didn't have money and didn't have a sofa fame and all this kind of thing. So I'm just immensely grateful. You know, so I didn't just pay her back, but she probably got a lot more, more than that. <laughs> Good, good return on investment for sure. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> suddenly you can see that. Yeah. Maybe vice versa. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, did it take a lot of convincing for her to kind of do that for you though? At that, at that time? I think it was just a rough period. I think, you know, for some reason we like one another, but uh, she had to, she had to think like, man, this guy better get it together, man. <laughs> so she was like... Take, take the money, do something, you know, create a better life for us. So you don't have to eat one meal a day. Love, love is not free. I think people need to understand that. Love I mean, is not she free. Must have, she must have seen where you wanted to go at least. I think, you know, the heart is there, you know, but love is not free. Singapore's the most expensive country now. So, you know, so I was, she was like, take the money and do something with it. Thankfully, I did. So, so. Interesting story I read on, on your profile, you, you and your partner ended up interviewing Darren Lim, an actor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you end up going on to that podcast with him on his yacht? Yeah. 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 He, uh, he's an interesting fellow. He, he, he's a quite famous actor here in Singapore and for some reason decided that he would live his life on a boat for, for like a few years, even though he's married with kids. Imagine he's really living on a boat. So <laughs> just... I found it fascinating as we went up there, we interviewed him and, you know, I'm going to share a little bit about an unorthodox life. Just imagine every day you wake up, you're in the middle of the ocean <laughs> for four years and your kids say, yeah. And well, what was that like just doing an interview on, on the yacht? Oh, no, no, the, the yacht was parked in, in, in the dock, but you know, but, but yeah, it was kind of cool. You know, it was not so much a yacht. I've been on many, many yachts, but after a while, a yacht is just a boat, but you know, but his way of life is interesting, you know, just really choosing to live on a boat. Or years, <laughs> you know, I mean, so many things that how, 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 how the food situation, how's the education situation, how, how's the hygiene situation, <laughs> you know, I mean, like how you got shower? I got many questions, you know, <laughs> like why, why would you do that? How about Wi-Fi? How do people get in touch with you? What if there's a storm? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just for some people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, how do you cook? Like, I got so many questions, you know, so. But, but it was a fun, fun interview. Why, why the hell would you do that also? Like, you know, there's another question. I understand if you are in the Navy, I understand if you are, if you have no choice, but why would you do that yourself? Right. So that's kind of interesting. Great. So, I mean, I think most of the people listening to this, they're, they're interested in sales marketing. Sure. So I wanted to ask you, what, what would you say is your number one advice on growing an audience? Growing, growing an audience, uh, I think first and foremost, just no number one advice. Let's walk through all of the steps. First thing first, right? Self, self-awareness. You got to un- understand who your audience is. And sometimes you don't, under- you don't comprehend. You take a moment to really uh, examine who is drawn towards you. So every single one of us is unique. I can tell you that. That's why I have a class for X Factor. When I say everyone is unique, right? You have to understand we all emit a different energy frequency. You meet some people, they're very intense. You meet some people, they're very chill. You meet some people, they're very intellectual. You meet some people, they're very technical. You, you understand everybody's unique you, and by, by virtue of the fact that we emit this kind of uh, energy by our way of talking, our thinking, etc., we're going to attract and repel some people. Some people will be drawn to you and say, I like the way he talks, you know, it's a, it's a certain character, certain life, etc. They like you. And for some people, they don't like you. Yeah, it's not my kind of guy. So your awareness first and foremost, right, of who you are and what you put out. 
and hence who you attract is really important because that would then determine what content you want to put out, what persona you want to be, what mannerisms you want to be. The worst thing we can do is to copy. Why? Because when you copy, you might not be the person you're copying. He might be of a complete different energy than yours. Nothing worse than, than a good boy attempting to be a bad boy. You know, I've seen that before, right? Guys, good boy. <laughs> Starts doing his hair and you're like, what, what are you doing? It's so weird, right? And it comes across very fraudy. But that's the first key, self-awareness. Who am I? Self-acceptance, right? This is who am I? This is my message. This is my crowd. This is how I'm going to communicate. This is the value that I'm going to provide. And when all of those things align, you know who you are. You accept who you are. You're proud of who you are. You know who you're speaking to. And you can put forth information that can assist and help these people in your most authentic manner. Then the audience will naturally. Because the people can sense a congruence or so. And they resonate with you. This whole game is a, it's a game of resonance. Some people going to like you. Like your style. Like your life. Like the way you talk. And some of them hate you. And it's okay. There are some people that like the way I share. Some people that don't. I can't appeal to everybody. And my understanding and awareness of that allows me to be my most authentic self. It's like if I'm a rapper, some people like rap music. Some people think it's the noisiest, most disgusting music ever. Who is correct? Everybody correct. <laughs> right? It's up to you. Like, you like it, listen. Don't like it, go do something else. Like. So Yeah, no, for sure. You're, I, I, I totally agree with that. There's so many people in the world already. You don't have to get everybody to like you. You just want to get the people who, who really vibe with you, connect with you. And, and, and allow you to be the most authentic version of like yourself. That one is really, really critical. Yeah. Right. So sure. if you ask me, does that? Yeah. And another, another question here. I mean, what, what would you say is your number one advice for getting new clients or, or customers for your business? I think first and foremost, the, the first thing we have to do is the moment you understand who you are and what, and what you stand for, you're able to put information out and then there are three, three layers of people that you can contact. One is called warm, one is lukewarm, and one is cold. When you begin, the first thing you need in, in your enterprise is proof. It's not money. I always say proof before profit. The reason proof before profit, right, is because let's say I have a testimonial from Tony Robbins or Robert Kiyosaki. I can use that forever. I can use that for the rest of my life. Money can come, money can go, but the proof stays forever. It's like winning a gold medal. You know, you'll have that record for the rest of your life. And so you are not really in business till you have proof. Not clients, not money, proof. Proof that you have delivered a transformation from a person. If you're a fitness trainer, person comes in fat, they live fit. They come in skinny, they live with muscles. If you're a dating coach, you come in single or virgin, they live with a girlfriend, right? So that is a transformation. If you have proof, then you ought to and deserve money. If you don't have proof, which means you cannot deliver a value or a result, then in a way we argue that you don't deserve the money, right? Because they paid you for a result. So the most important thing you need in your business, right, is a transformational result and record it as proof, a video, a testimonial, etc. The more proof you have, the more confident you are. The more proof you have, the more you deserve the money. The more proof you have, the more you can charge. So I always say, begin with warm, lukewarm and cold. Don't hit cold first. Begin with warm and lukewarm. Give people irresistible offers at the start, maybe far lower than what you would normally charge in the future and say, I want to work with these people and I'll make sure they get a result. You're doing that for several reasons. Number one, you're doing that for your confidence. You need the confidence. Just reading a few books or courses doesn't make you good. You need to know that you can actually do and deliver a result. Number two, you need to have these results be experienced and recorded. And number three, you need to have the experience and, and authenticity of working with people and, and having that whole process as it. 
Because once you help a small number of people get some wins, and they can actually see those wins, they can give you referrals, they can give you testimonials, and building off that, right, you can grow your entire business. But if you don't have that, right, then you will always at some back of your mind think whether you're a little bit of a fraud because you have never actually delivered any real results before. That's my answer. No, I love it. And I think that's a good way to end it off. But yeah, just having proof makes it, makes the sales process a lot easier. Proof is the most important. You know, I have a mentor, his name is Kevin Nation. He calls it raise the date skill, right? Raise the date skill. You look at what Jesus did, right? He apparently not a big Bible a student, right? But I know that there was a part where he raised somebody from the dead. The person was dead, raised the dead. Everyone looked at that and said, oh, I want to follow this guy. You know, why? Because he delivered a transformational result. In this case, raising people from the dead. I mean, I would argue that's a great transformational result. Dead person, alive person, great transformation. And so for us, what is your raise the dead skill? What is your ability to take someone who is struggling and broken and turn them into someone successful and prosperous? Like, have you experienced it before? Have you done it before? Have it, has it been recorded? You know, uh, so the more you can do this, then the more you talk with confidence, you can uh, sell with confidence because you actually have done it before and people can sense it and they'll pay you. I've done it lots of times. Entire business is built around uh, helping people become an industry leader. And right now in Singapore and Asia, majority of the people who are at the top are my students, are my past and present clients. So I know for a certain fact that I can do it. I have done it. And I'm still doing it today. So when I tell people, pay me $30,000, $50,000, $100,000, and you will be a somebody, they pay. Because why? The, the track record speaks for itself. So that's really important. It's not about just going out there and knowing how to have a script, etc. It's like, you know, you can take away my script, but you can't take away my results. Great. Well, thank you, Melvin, for your time. I think all the people listening to this are going to get a lot of value from that. And yeah. absolutely appreciate your time. Anytime, man. Hope this spins off into a great podcast for you. And then, uh, yeah, wish you nothing but, but the best, brother. So thank you very much. Man. All right. Thank you. Good turn on this here.